This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Glenn with Sonic Times. Welcome to another installment of Sonic Talk. It's a Friday here in early February 2016, and I gotta dislodge the tunes, unfortunately. I'm here with my buddy Danny Sigelman. And Danny, well, what to say about Danny? I mean, when I think about Danny, one of the first words that comes to mind is music. I mean, he, Danny is like a music. He lives, it's interwoven into his, his, his being, music. So we're here. It's almost dark. It's Friday. Happy hour sauna time. It's my favorite, one of my favorite times for sauna. And we're going in the hot room. And uh, hey, Danny, welcome to Sauna Talk. Oh, it's good to be here. Is that, uh, does the microphone not, like, melt in here? No, a lot of people ask that, and, you know, the microphone actually works really well uh, in the hot room. Yeah. As long as you keep it, you know, down low on the ground, which is what we're doing. Oh, that's interesting. So it's, it can actually hear us. You can hear us pretty well. I think So we don't have to, like, talk into the mic. But you, being a natural DJ, want to talk into the mic. I get, well, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's like a fisherman. He's out on the lake, and it's like he's reaching for his pole. Uh-huh. You know, it's just Pavlovian or whatever. Yeah, I think... Um, In a different realm. But I'll, obviously, I don't know what kind of gear you're using, but maybe it, it's good enough for this room, and there's some resonance in here, and I am a very loud talker. Yes, great. I come well, from a family of loud, loud talking. Yeah, and wasn't your father uh, in in the music in the uh, radio business? My dad was in radio. Yeah, he um, he was he was kind of a man behind the scenes guy. He wasn't the DJ, but he hung out with a lot of them, and uh, and subsequently I got exposed to it really young. Mm. Um, what do you, what are some of your early memories of, of that? Uh, so when so I was born in 1974, and that was. Uh, uh, Around the time, I mean, I certainly don't remember it because I was zero years old, but uh, there was a radio station in town called U100, which has, you know, only was around for maybe four years or five years or something. And uh, my dad was the general manager there. And uh, it's, that radio station has taken on a little bit of a level of cult status and um, uh, with people that listened to it at the time and remembered it and uh so i've lived through that you know influence through the years uh, a lot of people i loved and respected uh, and uh, love and respect that uh grew up listening to that we all kind of bond over it a lot and um um every now and then somebody finds me online they know my name from my my dad that you know there's there's history on u100 mm. on the internet and people can check it out and you should and i posted a bunch of uh, cassette tapes. I found a, a bunch of cassette tapes of the radio station because my dad's job was to, uh, you know, critique the DJs. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would record, you know, 90-minute cassette of 
everything. Wow. Yeah, so just real time, you know. And, and what, what were the five years? Uh, what were the years for those? I can't years? remember offhand. I, but Early I, 70s? Uh, Mid-70s. Okay. Yeah. Was and it I, a lot of AOR rock? or, or Lots of family? AOR rock. Yeah. It was, it was, it was everything that was popular in the 70s. So you can imagine, but, but not just rock. I mean, they were playing Earth, Wind, and Fire, and... Some disco stuff, and then the but the 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 beauty was the DJs because I mean those are the personalities, and they had a lot of routines and bits, and mm. they they really kind of fucked around a lot. If and for another a re, so the the secret is that the station wasn't planning on being around very long. Mm. The owners were trying to sell it, or did sell it, or so it just it, it wasn't like trying to make it. Yeah. So it was a real. Uh, Unpretentious sounding. No, not unpretentious. Just as just not intentionally commercial. Not trying mm. so hard to please yeah. so many people, yeah. which is what radio ultimately has to kind of do to get past the cult factor. Nice. Um, mm. And, so, and so then, so you, I, but so they fucked around. I mean, they were being political. They were they were being uh, drug addled. Um, they were they were making fun of everything. They were just it it's it's really entertaining, and I don't think anything. I don't know of anything else like it, so except if, for if, except for what we listen to on like community radio. Okay, here. so if any of the listeners to this podcast want to hear some of these recordings, uh, where can they find them? Uh, just, I mean, you can Google U100 uh, radio. And do you and, have and, them on your social? And stuff or? pops up. Uh, I had I posted a lot through the you know since I got the tapes. The problem with us, I put them on YouTube, and they get yanked eventually. Okay. Uh, some of them haven't gotten yanked for whatever reason. But okay, so go to YouTube, and what would you put in I would just go part? on the internet, because there's so many other people that have done the same thing. Oh, okay. There's other people that have archived stuff. Um, and what would be the ser best search thing on the internet? U100 Radio. U100 Radio. Minnesota. You Minnesota. Know? Okay. I mean, there's... Good. I mean, you the, the the letters and numerals U one hundred. There's probably a lot of because there's right. probably like motor parts that exactly. you know stuff like that. But, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. you you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. I th uh, Radio Tapes is a great website for all things Twin Cities radio and television. And he Radio RadioTapes.com? Radio yeah, RadioTapes.com. And I, oh, I can't. I feel really bad. I can't remember the guy's name. Well, but we can come back. But to but that. I, so you know, I I I wanted to know more about U one hundred myself and. Um, I found this guy who had his website radio tapes and I'm like, dude, how do you, cause I didn't know how to necessarily digitize tapes at the time. I think it's more of a common thing now, but, um, uh, and I didn't want to do the work. I mean, you got to sit there and play and night. You know, I had found like 30, 40 tapes, probably up to 30 hours of you. Were they TDK SA nineties or Mac shit Show? like that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that really weird seventies brands, oh, you know, yeah. and I, I love, grew up with those brands. Yeah, no. And I, the TDK. thing I loved about it, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a real double-edged sword when your when your parents are pack rat, you know, mm. like uh, pack rats through the years. They they kept they hold on to a lot of stuff that right. isn't at all important. And I kind of took it upon myself to through the years to dig through everything nice. and find those gems that people. What's would an example of another gem besides these that I found in my parents' tips. basement? Yeah. Um, I mean, my own stuff, a lot of, like, my artwork and photographs from childhood. So, I mean, we love that stuff. Subjective gems. How about an objective? It's, it's all subjective. I mean, my... No, my, but is there anything of commercial value that you found by digging around that was... Like, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, anything that is 
I, I, you know, a lot of it's really cool. I'm, I'm glad we well, had. I'd, I'd like but, to see. But, but I think it's all of that era because you know, True. my dad would obsessively, you know, kind of obsessively document the station for his own purpose, and then kept all the flyers and posters and stickers. Yeah. And uh, I have a few T-shirts of U100, which are really cool. And and at one point in time, somebody found me. And told me that him and his buddies, you know, they grew up with U100 and, and they um, spent the time to reproduce the old t-shirts. Because they say U100 grabs me and they got two hands on the on the front, on the oh, press. Now that's indicative of the culture of the station. Exactly, right? yeah. I mean, that wouldn't fly at, uh, no. at, at any, anything, any, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wouldn't fly even at a funky brew pub. They it probably didn't fly back then, you know, but <laughs> they didn't care, and they were just having fun, and I mean, there's something about allowing your sexuality to fly that is very, maybe exclusive to the 70s, and whatever. I mean, I the point is, it's really cool that these guys uh, made, remade these t-shirts. I don't even remember who the guy was, but he mm. sent me one, so it looks exactly like the vintage ones that I have. Yeah. Which is great because I didn't want to wear those ever. I no. never will wear those. I, I you know, we've kind of we've kind of preserved those. They should be preserved. Sounds yeah, wonderful. and so, it, it's fun. And I mean, I I wear, I'll, I'll be wearing that shirt like at the state fair or something. Some random dude. It's always a random dude, you know. So maybe that was their target market. Uh, 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 that just is flabbergasted. Can't <laughs> believe what they're seeing, you know. And what's really cool is I watched this film lately, um, this documentary on Jaco Pastorius, who you might I don't know if you know him. But he he was a jazz bass player who died really young, from the seventies, uh, and he he played on a session with um, for Ian Hunter, uh, and uh, that also had Mick Ronson from David Bowie's band. So. Yeah. It's it's I can't remember the song, but anyway they show Was it before or after Short Back and Sides? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Probably I'm, I'm not too one. deep with Ian Hunter, but yeah. my point well, is I, I know he collaborated with the Clash. Yeah, I mean I think he, he was English but must have hung out in New York and yeah, um, so yeah. anyway the Ian Hunter's wearing a U one hundred T shirt in this mm-hmm. Three second clip in this movie. Oh, that's tremendous! Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And there's Jocko, and in fact, they did this little session. I never knew about that that recording, and I think they only maybe recorded one song together. Yeah. But um, but Ian's got the U one hundred shirt, so you know I screenshot it, and um, so that's it. it it's it. It's one of those things, it's like so cool that it's unearthed and not super well-known, I think, you know, because right. it's, it's, I don't know if people... But that was a very, I can tell mm-hmm. that that was a very formidable uh, thing for you at the right time in your life. Yeah. And it obviously impacted your, I mean, I, your I, direction. I, I was born, born dur- I came into the world during yeah. that time, even so, though so I couldn't I got, understand it till several yeah, years later. So along later. those lines, I have two questions for yeah. you. And and number one is uh, is sauna related. Like, yeah. Like I want to ask you when the first sauna that you can remember, and you'll answer to that one. But I also want to stay on the conversation about music. Yeah. And and talk about your interest in music and what came next. So yeah. I wish I could pull the listeners live on where to take this. Well, where I want to just I want to throw one more thing in about radio that I do remember very. I can picture everything about it. Yeah. And it's probably around the other time that I got musically obsessed. So I think it's a good. Um, transition here. I, 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 so my dad eventually uh, was a, a owner, co-owner of a radio station in Lafayette, Indiana. Um, we we moved around a lot when we were when I was very young because he was kind of like 
doing the radio deal. He's, yeah. He, we lived in Pittsburgh for a while. He worked at a country radio station. And uh, then eventually in Lafayette, Indiana, which is the home uh, hometown of Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. So that's about the only reference you can make. Purdue University, you know. Um, so, you know, it was kind of fun. I was uh, probably like, this is like maybe 81 till 83 that we lived there. And uh, I was a little more conscious and, and, and um, you know, uh, I think I was absorbing more of it, being around these DJs and stuff. And it was like real life WKRP. I mean, if you ever saw that TV show, which took place in, in Cincinnati, um, th there was those characters at this radio station. I got it from a really impressionable age. I and mean, how I was, old were you at that time? I would time have been like six, seven years old I, or and, something. And like, oh, dad's bringing in... So I would hang around with the radio at, at the radio station all day. It was in this shopping mall... Yeah. Uh, in Lafayette, and, uh, and and me and my brothers would hang out there pretty much all day sometimes. And, and so uh, your dad had a built-in babysitter network. Yeah, right? and I mean, you know, we would hang out in the lobby and just, yeah. uh, you know, a, a lot of... T and so what I really, 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 really can picture every second of was uh, being in the DJ booth with my little brother, and uh, we had a Nerf football. And uh, me and my brother were kind of tossing it back and forth, and I don't know why, but the DJ was maybe too nice to tell us to stop, or maybe he did tell us to stop, and we just kept going, but eventually the football, I, you know, it bounced off of one of us and knocked the record off the air. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that, that, that really... And then the DJ freaks? Was he mad? DJ, well, no, I remember, I, I mean, I can picture him as Afro and everything, <laughs> and he just, he had this look of death, but he didn't, what's he going to do? And there's nothing he could do. If he yeah. got in trouble for it, it was our fault. Yeah, the boss is But he, he just very calmly put the record back on the mm -hmm. air. And uh, and then I think, you know, said, hey, why don't you guys go out mm -hmm. and see, maybe you can go look for your dad or something. You know, this is, that 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 shouldn't happen, guys. You know, he was nice about it. Yes. I, I don't remember getting scolded or anything. Right, right. But it but, made an impression. I can picture every second of it. Yeah. I can picture him, his mustache. I, I think I remember his name, uh, Don Payne. He was the <laughs> DJ there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, story. we were really young. My little brother would, I mean, if I was seven, he would have been five, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got so into music at that time. And also because I remember being in in school, like in second grade, and... Um, I've, I've, I've written about this because uh, I wrote, a, you know, one of my, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Kiss to no end, you know, they're, they've always been one of my favorite bands because um, I think, I think they were my first favorite band, you know? Right. When so I we're going to have to somehow bring Kiss and Sauna into the same venue. Okay, diagram. I know. We'll get there. So what A, Union, B overlap do you think we have? Kiss? I don't think, a, Ki I, I'm going to say Kiss isn't uh -huh. good for Sauna music, but I'll make it short. I just remember sitting at school, and we had the storybook records that you would listen to, Mother Goose, you know, and there'd be the little <laughs> headphone thing, yeah. and so like four kids could listen, right. you know, you'd all plug in. Was it the, a 45, or what was No, I think, about? you know, full record, okay. and then you turn the, you would look yeah. at the book together, and when they, when <laughs> it makes the doorbell noise, you turn the page. Right. Oh, I do remember those. Yeah, they probably don't even have those anymore, do no, they? of course It's, they all, it's all on an iPad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just remember this kid, his name was Jim Brown, I can picture him, he was wearing a blue corduroy vest and pants. And uh, he brought some of his own records to class. And he brought uh, Gene Simmons' solo record. And I can still picture it, because I know the cover so well, but, uh, you know, 
that was the first time I saw it, and he had blood coming out of his mouth, and he put it on the turntable, mm-hmm. and this little girl that was sitting next to us <laughs> just got scared, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And this thing. was all in, in Rebel to the lesson plan of the day. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the, te- the, te- the teacher put the record on, and then would go do something, yeah. and he pulled out the Kiss record. <laughs> he put it on his Yeah. Stand. It and, freaked out the girl listening. Yeah, and we were and just... You, you were... We knew it was, everything about it was something you weren't supposed to be doing, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and it's seems so evil and cool and i mm-hmm. i don't know if it's because i was a little boy or if it's a male thing necessarily but i love scary and weird and you know eventually i love horror movies and uh and so you know i that's when i first could recognize kiss as something that i needed to, more of right. and then as i got older and I eventually started being able you know buy my own stuff i was like i'm gonna go get all those records from that band that yeah. has the makeup on and, you know because um, you know they'd show up on TV from time to time, but I I think at that age I didn't know that you could be into a, a band. I don't think I understood the idea of like being a fan or using music to necessarily uh, fulfill your life in any kind of way. So I mean I I, I always uh, I really like the idea we talk about all the time with music and the sauna and how it might operate for you in this context because I think. It, Everything about music appreciation is is uh, is like ninety percent context for when you're there hearing it, uh, who you're with, or how you've discovered it, or what it ultimately mean communicates to you, or you're feeling at the time. And it's so impossible to um, qualify or quantize that way. Interesting. Um, now, so, so you, that I mean that could be the title for this interview in a way, you know. You know, it, quantized music. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you stretch. You bring up a great point. I yeah, ninety percent of music appreciation is context. Is that is that what you said? Um, yeah, and and it, you could you could substitute that word with other things too. I mean, I um, you know, we have our buddy Craig Finn. I I, I always remember something uh, he told we talked about one time, and he said because he's been doing this whole steady business for a long time, and he kind of pinpoint the idea that it's 80 to 90 percent nostalgia uh, which is ultimately context right yeah, that right, that's the right. pin hitting the skin at whatever point in time and yeah, yeah. um it's another way to say it isn't it yeah and then the 10 or 20 percent is catharsis that's actually released by by uh doing it or by participating in it either by attending or being the performer on stage mm-hmm. and i think that's uh that's part of context though, that's pretty that's yeah, that's that's context, but it wouldn't happen without the person doing it, and they could do it anywhere. True. Um, right. I think context is it, it, some, there's going to be something nostalgic. You're, you go to a Soul Asylum show for the nostalgia, mm-hmm. and this nostalgia is the context that you first experienced Soul Asylum right. with. Right. That's why you don't care that it's only one guy in the band now. You just mm-hmm. want to hear the songs. You want to go with your girlfriend mm-hmm. when you met at the Soul Asylum show in 1988. Sure. Totally. Um, totally. And could it be, I mean, we all know live music is better and that, you know, bumper stickers should be issued. Mm-hmm. But that said, don't you think that there's also context that gets created to go see a live performance? Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, that's a, there's more than one kind of context. Exactly. Yeah. And, and same with, like, you know, movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can wait till it comes out on Netflix and watch it on your living room screen, but the idea of actually going to the theater creates an event which creates context, yeah. which creates appreciation to yeah. the art you're going to see. Yeah, and I mean, doesn't the kind of music that hits you most when the first, the first time you hear it, it, it 
if the, if the music can get past that nostalgia barrier, then and you like it, then that's something special. That's developing a whole new context ah, for your musical appreciation. Agreed, and so agreed. there's stair steps to all this. But mm -hmm. you know the reason um, a lot of stuff exists if it's Kiss or Hold Steady, they tap into they're tapping into a sound that resonates with their audience. Not cal not in a calculated way. I don't think Craig was no. being like calculating, but I think they realize like this sound resonates because it's something they're familiar with, but they're also really getting off on discovering something new yes. because they got off on it when they first heard Thin Lizzy as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't. I think that's so. There's on the one arm there, one side. There's the creative element of of true original art, and then on the other element, on the other side. There is this thing about being able to to tap, like to actually be able to have some, like you say, some context mm -hmm. to the art uh, in its own way. Maybe. All right, there's something there. And that, uh, so let's fast forward a little bit. Let's stay yeah, on let's music. move on. Yeah, yeah I think that's, an, in, that's the interesting thing, because, you know, I was talking to this uh, rapper today. I was interviewing him and um, talking about his uh, career and just how nonstop it is and just how hard to, you know, ultimately to really make money and have income. And there's no grand science to it that's foolproof, you know. Yeah. But I, but I, the business I, of music, the business, but also the the sustain sustaining it, whether that's a financial thing or a creative thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I love these discussions because they at least aid in narrowing the, the the idea of like, yeah, you can purposefully try to fall into a pattern that is going to benefit you, you know. And I think that's where Craig was coming from. It's like. We fall, you know, this is maybe a pattern that we didn't realize was happening, but now that we, yeah. we do, we're going to sell beer koozies because all the dudes out there, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. so I think, um, I think it's a good, there's no right or wrong about anything. So the more you can kind of just, it's like trading fours in a jazz group, you know, you kind of yeah. bounce off yeah. these things, but I like that you can at least understand what I'm talking about. Well, I like that you can express it, you know, and I think that's part of the beauty of Sound of Talk. It's, exactly. It's the long format, mm -hmm. right? This isn't a quick text or even a ch little chit-chat on the phone or, yeah. or yelling between songs at First Avenue. The thing about sound is it allows for this kind of open forum discussion so that these ideas can be communicated, can be talked out, can at least be thought out. Yeah, and you know, I wonder if sometimes, and I think the music aids in this a lot. I think sometimes the sauna turns into a venting forum and it's really easy to, I mean, the whole point is to kind of expend, expunge a lot of uh, negative toxins and negative vibes in, in the sauna. And, and I think sometimes it comes out in the chatter. Ooh, and, and what the music does often is I think it calms us down a little yeah. bit. That's why we kind of tend to favor the type of music we play in the sauna. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. If, if you were to... Uh, and I'm putting you on the spot. This is an unrehearsed question. But it, as you think about artists, like music, it could be an album, a mm -hmm. band, a genre. List for me a couple, three, however many come to mind. Um, ideal song of music. Well, we talked a lot about this before. And what I like to try to do with each time, you, you know, you'll ask me a couple records to put in the mix. I always try to think of something off of an example I'm not too close. No, oh. you're good. Talk, talk to me. I just I want to stand. So no, stand. Yeah. You're, you're, you're All right, fine. there. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Number one, it's always easiest to go with electronic sounds because I think there's something about the the vibe of really down tempo, slow, pulsatey kind of dreamy kind of uh, electronic music, right? Mm -hmm. And we've we've gone through that many times here. Uh, and, uh, list, list, uh, for listeners, uh, name an artist or two in that. Well, we've talked about it before. I mean, we both love Martin Dosh, and uh, not to be such a homer all the time with. Uh, our recommendations here on Sauna Talk, but you know we like to represent the Minnesota brothers and sisters. And uh, Martin's electronic musician primarily. He also plays some live instruments in his set. But and Martin is Martin Dosh also is the the lead uh, percussionist with Andrew Bird, right? Yeah, he well, yeah. I mean, he played drums. He's played drums with Andrew Bird on on and off. I don't know if that's still his gig, but okay. uh, he he. I mean, this month, uh, if, if this comes out in February, he's doing every Tuesday at the Turf Club. And it's the second year he's held down a weekly residency. I mean, you can imagine the wintertime gets a little um, less visited around here by out-of-town people. So it's yeah. a great, you know, maybe this is a really good point about context. Like, we live in Minnesota, so we're able to kind of take in a lot more of our own music because there's so many... Yeah. Um, well, venues during right. this time of year. That's right. It, does Martin Dosh resonate as much with somebody sitting in a sauna in uh, Seattle or Vancouver or Toronto, Canada, right now? I mean, there, there is. I mean, no I think it should. Thing. I mean, I think yeah. it's. I, I, you know, I, I don't only talk about local bands because no, they're know, from here, but um, right. he would be one that I think okay carries about, a tradition of a lot of kind of uh, electronic music that I always, re I always have liked before. Another artist in, in the, the same genre. same genre. I mean, we could talk about. Um, uh, some of Aphex Twins' more ambient music, and so this is where it gets a little hairy because a lot of these artists do different types of music. All right, yeah, Aphex Twins. Name, Aphex one, name twin. one more. Well, he's got the ambient. Oh, uh, name other artists. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 Thievery Corporation has been a go-to. Absolutely. Um, and I think what what really exemplifies them as a good song and music band is they they, they kind of have a little international angle. Mm -hmm. And I think different singers. Different singers. You know, there's something to, about not having to really pay attention to the lyrics in the sauna. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's why I don't ever hear us playing like Bob Dylan in here or uh, mm -hmm. too much rap music because it's really more about the lyrics and and we're we're we just want a wallpaper. We want a bed to lay in. Yeah. Where a nice musical vibe. Yeah, because there's chatter. There's sauna talk like yeah. we're exhibiting right now. Yeah. But uh, I find on that level when we talk about music in the sauna that international music. Uh, uh, works great, you know. Instrumental music is, mm -hmm. is great, and then uh, and I personally like a lot of Mali African music. Yeah, uh, a lot of great stuff from Mali, and we we've put that on many mixes, haven't we? Yeah, you know, like those stringed instruments in Mali, if in a lot of West African music, um, which I'm forgetting the name. Is it? A, it's not a djembe. That's a drum, but uh, mm -hmm. the koto, yeah. and um, yeah, that that's on its own. It's very. Uh, hypnotic sounding music and yeah. I think it helps when you can't understand the, the words because you really get the feeling of the song mm. and there's really not much standing between your ears and what the I'll let you uh <laughs> no, that's good. how loud is that on the recording oh, it, it sounds nice yeah it's, it's a nice interlude for the listener it gives us it, con it, it, it gives them context and, to and latch for, on forgive to. me as the host of Sonatak I, I love moving the conversation along and yeah. I don't mean to be rude to it all no I, I, I like that you can list these yeah and um 
and, and without getting okay, so so we talked about yeah, let's keep going. We talked what African or do we? So, uh, so you know, African? yeah, a lot. You know, Brazilian is good. Uh, so along with new African music or traditional stuff, we we go for reggae is perfect because yeah, it really suits the Listener, the heat. I think yeah, yeah. For the listener, if they wanted to pull up a, a couple reggae albums and add it to a sauna playlist for shuffle, can is there any specific albums that come to mind in the reggae for style? reggae? Yeah. Well, no, anything no, with the word dub in it, um, and that is was recorded uh, before the '70s. I mean, there's mm-hmm. certainly good ones in the '70s, but yeah. What specific th- album can you recommend? Like the Augustus Pablo. Augustus dub? Pablo. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Eastern. What's it? God, he's got so many fucking records. Um, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. East of the River Nile. That, that yeah, yeah East of the River Nile. I mean, he didn't make any bad records. So yeah. any Augustus Pablo. Yeah. It's all yeah. instrumental. There might be some MCs in the background, but he usually mm-hmm. cuts them up a lot. I mean, it's it's not so in your face. Like, see, I think reggae gets a bad rap because it turned into dancehall, which I think turns a lot of people off. Dancehall yeah. music, modern dancehall, yeah. is pretty aggressive. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't ever think of playing that in a sauna, right? There you go. I agree. Yeah, it's an antithesis. It's antithesis of sauna. That's for the. That's for sweating it out on the dance floor. Yeah, right on. Nice. Well said. Okay, music and sauna. Well done. I love that. For the listeners, again, uh, three genres that come to mind: some electronica, some local Minnesota Martin Dosh, uh, Thievery Corporation, some Aphex Twin is is great. And we talked about African stuff, some Mali stuff. A lot of desert blues work well. Mali yeah. artist of your choice. Oh, Ali Farquhar. I mean, you can oh, you can stop at Ali Farquhar. Yes, he's, you can. He's set the he's yeah. you know the the Godfather. But I mean, yes, his his children. They're people that are inspired by him. View Farquhar. I mean, there's a ton of View Farquhar. I mean, even Fela Kuti, which is more yeah. upbeat than traditional African yeah, music. But you gotta but, love a nice ten minute Fela Kuti song. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what? I was uh, taking my Uber home last night, and I could tell right away from the guy's accent he was. Uh, at least West African, you know? And I'm like, where are you from? He's like, oh, you know, Africa. And I'm like, oh, yeah, West Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nigeria. And he goes, oh, how did you know? And I don't know any other countries. Right. Yeah, that's uh, only the biggest population. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, I bet you're in, and, you know, he's probably the same age as me. And I was like, I bet you're into some Fela. Fela Kuti, oh, and he, he called him by his former name, Fela Ransome or whatever. Yeah, this guy's really roots. And, um, you yeah. know, I was like, what about, you know, a lot of the Uber drivers have it so you can, pl- you know, hook up your phone to their stereo and you yeah. can do your own DJing in their car. Yeah. Um, nice. But he, he's like, I don't have that, you know. Yeah. So he turned the radio down. I just turned my phone up. Oh, and nice. we're listening nice. to Zombie on the way. Oh, that's a great yeah. story. Yeah, well, man. I like that. So uh, uh, how would you respond to those, let's call them um, traditionalists, like sauna traditionalists that... Uh, that may frown upon anything but silence. Like there is a, a line of. I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, like, like there's a sign that. I, gotta, I think I gotta go outside. Yeah, look, we'll finish with okay, this question yeah, real yeah. quick, and then we'll do a cool down. So, yeah. uh, and you don't have to answer it right now. Okay. I'm gonna. Uh, we'll yeah, let's it. Then yeah. throw it out okay. there. And I'm we gonna can... throw it out there. Okay. So, how would you respond to those that like? There's a sign. Uh, behave in sauna as if in church. You know, whisper kind of a thing. I mean, I never went to church, so... Well, you, know. you can understand. You've been to a church. Yeah, but you I can't relate. I mean, I'm not going to say they don't have well, a right to feel that. You know, no, right. The analogy is in... in, in They're not inviting room. me to their saunas. Right, right. But in a hot room, it should be quiet. How, how do you respond to that? 
I mean, that argument or that side of uh, thinking. I, I'm the really the. I don't ever. I. It's maybe to a fault. I usually don't let people's opinion really bother me about much stuff. Fair enough. You know what I mean? I mean, if 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 uh, if that was their thing and they had a sauna, um, that would that was the house rule or whatever. I probably wouldn't go there as often. Not that I have to talk, but you know, I think that's really part of the experience. You well, know? I was thinking about music, though. Oh no, music. Yeah. Um. I mean, you you could do something. Maybe you. I don't know. I mean, I could see the point. It maybe forces you to conversate a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, or contemplate, or pro, you know. Yeah, I mean, we get music all the time. So if if or if, external inputs all the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so if that's an opportunity, you get to tune the noise out. I mean, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of uh, spiritual traditions that benefit from that kind of idea. Good for you. So you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, I could, I, I would try it. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever, mess, I, I mean, I've been in plenty of saunas where there wasn't music. Yeah, and I wasn't even talking. You know, people I, I, were. I think, I think one of the one of the benefits, uh, you know, and I don't want to get into this discussion of what's better, a public sauna or a sauna in the backyard, but. You see where I'm going with this. I mean, when there's a sauna in your backyard, you're not really forcing the vibe on strangers. So, no. you, you know, music well, in your own I, backyard sauna, I mean, have at it. And I mean, you, you, I think as a sauna host, whether it's music or other things, I think um, your guests are, know what they're in for. And or if they don't like it, they 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 maybe scoot. You know, mm. they maybe only do one round. Mm. I mean, it's like doing yoga. Like I've gotten back into yoga lately, and it's fucking painful. I'm horrible. Mm. Uh, in terms of you know having not done it in like ten years, it's it's really hard on me. Yeah, right on. So I bow out when I need to. You know, mm. I mean, one of the guys that was here recently, I think you nude it up, and I don't know that he was necessarily down, so mm. he took off. You was know. That what that was? Well, maybe I don't know. That's that what it, what it was, but that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. <laughs> well, that's certainly not naked. I mean, that would be yeah. well, twice as dangerous. Okay, so nudity in the sauna is is there's an analogy to music. Well, let's talk sauna. about that later. Yeah. All right, yeah. we're gonna do a cold plunge, folks. We'll be right back. You could throw a commercial in here. This show is brought to you by Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country is staffed by cheerful humans. And wherever Sun Country flies, they are competitive and keep the airfare honest. So whether I'm checking out Temescal in Tulum or the Archimedes Banya in San Francisco, Sun Country Airlines is the first and last place I go for decent air travel. So I got a couple rapid fire questions for you, Danny. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about music and the sauna and a little bit of the vibe. Um, so. You, you don't have to answer these short, but they're short questions in a way. Like, if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere in the world and take a sauna, where would you choose? You know, I haven't been many places, but I guess I think I think it would be awesome to take a sauna on the Great Wall, because I've been there and um, I can't imagine the feeling like at nighttime, maybe like in the middle of summer. Up on the one of the turrets. <laughs> Do you think you'd need a permit for that? Uh, you could probably get away with it for a while. <laughs> In China? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's parts that aren't really, like, you know. Yeah. If you could arrange a sauna session with one other person, anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would you choose? Well, I like to, let's limit it to, to live people. I mean, maybe somebody like David Bowie would be awesome. But, I mean, anybody that's a good conversationalist. But I, 
limited limited to alive people since that's at least more likely to happen um you know who do i love uh i have a i really love the radio i he's not on he does a podcast now but uh, uh td mishki um is a local guy here that has a podcast uh the road miskey's road show and he used to be on the radio here and i love his spiel man i, yeah. I think he's a big influence like he 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 taught he he, he's really into books and so he's in and, and he's also into like philosophy and religion and he's somebody i've met a few times and had great short conversations and, and with, how do you so. spell his last name mishki uh m-i-s-c-h-k-e mishki yeah td mishki yeah mishki's road show i think he still does it i haven't really i i regret i gotta catch up with those but um he's he's a He's a brilliant uh, broadcasting guy. Beautiful. Yeah. As you think about your entire sauna routine, say from the beginning, uh, you know, just at the beginning, like when you're actually dreaming or thinking or planning about taking a sauna, um, uh, all the way through the process until, say, after you towel off, go inside, go to bed that night, you know, head on the pillow. What is the one specific moment in that process that you enjoy most and why? And mind you, it's from the thinking to the doing to the reminiscing or what's the, all the process. Give, what's the? Uh, you might have to read that again. Yeah. Okay. I'll read or it. shorten into that yeah. elevator version. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite part of a sauna process? From uh, the beginning, the middle, the end. Uh, that's hard to what say. What moments I, are, are magical most? For I you? think there's more than one favorite part because they're all linked together. There are. It, you wouldn't only want to go into a sauna and sweat and not take a rinse a few times, you know? A warm rinse or cold? Well, yeah, I think cold is always the way to go. Right a warm one inside the sauna is nice, but, you know... Yeah, I know, but, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. No, the, I know. The water gets on the... I got it, yeah, I'm, we're on the same page. We've gone over this before. What am I, 15? Um, no, but you know what I mean? The, the, I do. So, it, going in, sweating it out, rinsing, and then the towel off and hanging out and the beers and... and, and uh, you know, the, the lively up air, all, it's all... It's all you know part of the program I right think. so it's the overall you can't pinpoint one as being the most it's some of the parts yeah it's got to be what is the one thing about sauna um that you think is misunderstood that you'd like others to know i mean <laughs> i this isn't really it i i so recently i was at a hanukkah party with my family and um uh my I was with my nephew and we were swimming and they it was in this apartment building and and we were swimming and uh they have a sauna there and we were going to take a sauna I was telling my nephew how we're into saunas and stuff and and it was uh it was an electric one in there and it was broken and my nephew said cuz you know I think that, that my my brother and his family they travel a lot probably go to a lot of hotels and stuff and Milo goes you know whenever Whenever there's a sauna, it seems like it's always broken. So, <laughs> and I thought that was really funny because it's kind of true. It's like, have of... you ever been to a hotel where the sauna actually worked? You know, the electric ones? <laughs> but, so my point, my point is, I think what I'd want people to know, it's the benefit of having a wood sauna. You can't really break a wood sauna, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you, it's not like uh, dependent on anything other than air, air and 
heat, you know, which you don't really need electricity for. Beautiful. Uh, so, so in, a, in an <laughs> ironic sort of fashion, a lot of people that are thinking about building or buying or, you know, making their own sauna, you know, veered their decision toward the electric sauna stove because they they want this consistency and reliability. But I think what you brought in the in the equation, but uh, the irony to that is that really the most reliable sauna stove is a wood burning stove. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I don't see the point in really doing an electric sauna. You know, um, it's it's really the whole experience, the wood. I, it, you know, yeah. is there an analogy that comes to mind for those not familiar with sauna? Say that you know your your experience with the wood burning versus the electric, like. Can you think of other? Well, areas? it's. It, I think the whole point is it's a pain in the ass to have a wood burning sauna. You got to collect wood. You got to wait. You got to wait till it's blazing. What a convenience! And you, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of sauna history about electric saunas, and maybe they're not even popular anymore. I don't know, but uh, you know, there there's something to be said about that whole process where you really have to work on it, not when you can just like hit the buzzer or the, turn the knob or whatever, yeah. the dial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so it's the equivalent of like road travel and the experience you have with that and against flying, you know? Mm. You know, you fly, you get there faster, it's more convenient, but you don't necessarily have the best experience. The best experience is road travel. I get it, you know, time and all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah. isn't a road trip like the most fun way to travel? Well, good analogy. Can't yeah. argue with that one. Yeah. And that going is back a, in. That, uh, yeah, let's give it, let's, let's collect ourselves. So, uh, should we wrap up Sauna Talk, or do you want to bring the mic in for another round? Well, let's do another round. All right, with the mic? Either with or, yeah. You call it. You're or the, are we you're still the going? Guest. You're the guest. You call what, it. What other topics do you usually talk about? Well, let's see it? where it goes. I'm going to leave my nice mug right here. You're in good shape? Yeah. All right, be right in. All right, so I wish we could go live here and ask you listeners what you'd like to ask Danny Sigelman. I think we're going to talk about the Jewish thing. Let's talk about the Jewish thing. So, <laughs> the Jewish thing. So, 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 <laughs> the Schwitz. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, going back to your time, you know, with the radio station in the mid-70s, late-70s, did you go to the uh, the Jewish club for sauna at that age when you were a teenager? Um, I think, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I do remember as a kid my dad taking us to the, J, there's the JCC, uh, the Jewish Community Center, and uh, him and his friends all hung out there, and, uh, you know, they had a sauna, they had a pool, they had a water, you know, hot tub, and rec room, and just hanging out with all these old Jewish guys. <laughs> and you were a young teen, not even a teen? At yeah, I mean, we were really young. Is, I, mean, is that I your probably first... did that until I was a teen. Yeah, um, that was, is that your first song of memories? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I also think I remember, like, um, maybe before that, one of our neighbors had one. Hmm. Um, this girl that I grew up near in high school, she had one in her house. And, um, but yeah, I think... I don't know that I really got hip to like wood burning saunas until maybe the you know our crew because that's that's been kind of your gig for a long time. Yeah, right on, right on. Um, <clears throat> the Jewish uh, 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 tradition, I think it, it, there is a it, the Russian Jews are more into sauna. I, are they? I'm thinking. Yeah. And I think that you know there's a lot of a lot of history that came over from immigrants. Mm -hmm. 
you know, turn of the century stuff, they brought sauna with them and in, into the Jewish community centers and that. It's a, it, it is something that's pretty uh, universal with the, the, Jewish the Jewish community centers and yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, maybe that's where it came from. Um, um, I don't really equate it, even though know, it's, it's definitely maybe a more of a cultural Jewish thing than a religious thing. Mm. And maybe that's that's what's more interesting to me is because I think there is a lot of cultures that it is a spiritual thing. I mean, yeah. um, and but I don't know that there was ever that connection. Yeah, I, I think uh, when I'm, I think what I would be really interested about is the spiritual th- aspect of it because I think there is a real. Uh, necessary medita- meditative aspect of asana um, and mm-hmm. that is probably linked from a long long time ago with how people um, got to meditate with themselves interesting for spiritual purpose interesting don't you think is that yeah. native thing maybe well uh, for those listening um, there's another podcast coming out if it's out already but give a listen for uh, Mikkel Oland uh, interview. Um, uh, Mikkel wrote a book in 1978 called Sweat, uh-huh. where he went around the world and uh, partook in research sweat practices. Nice. In multiple, not not just multiple countries, but all the continents. Wow. South America, Central America. And where's he from? Uh, uh, he's originally Norwegian. Okay. Uh, spent most of his life in uh, in San Francisco Bay Area. Or well, actually, he traveled around a little bit, but. Yeah, he's got dual citizenship, Norwegian American. Nice, um, cool guy, cool guy. We're trying to get the, uh, we're trying to rally for the uh, Sweat Summit 2.0. Uh, the first Sweat Summit was out in San Francisco. It was on the heels of Mikkel's book Sweat, uh, where a lot of these people into sauna, including myself, uh, were able to attend the Sweat Summit in San Francisco. And oh, I want to say maybe. 2013, maybe two years, two three years ago. Mm-hmm. It would be really nice to have one in Minneapolis, a sweat summit. That sounds great. I mean, you know, it's it's become. I you know I don't know if, if it's uh, if it just seems like it because all our friends are into this or if it's an actually other thing that it's become more popular here. Um, yeah. Ultimately, you start with a handful of people, and and if you can attract others that are within the you know, four or five states or whatever, and yeah, well, okay. there's such a Scandinavian culture here, so it it, it does really allow itself. For that. There's a foundation. Yeah, 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 and and uh, uh, it's interesting also how sauna is is definitely becoming uh, more of a big deal. And I, you know, we talk about this too as its ability to just chill out. You know, escape. Yeah. You know, it's this thing where you leave your cell phone behind and. Uh, I, I think that there's just a ripe recipe in, in society today to, to seek out and find these places where you can chill. Yeah. And, and, and think about, you know, restoring your your, your body, your mind. Um, yeah. And, med- uh, a meditative element, like you're saying. And uh, put out podcasts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sauna Talk is here to help, you know. Yeah. This is your guide to a healthy escape. Yeah, I like this idea. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's something we've, you you especially have kind of we've talked about trying to reach out and get people excited via the internet and a lot of cool things have come your way because of your website and the podcast is another great extension i think uh podcasts are becoming the the ultimate um mass media Mm. because you don't need a boss to appease for your 
company's interest in trying to get the most people to listen and pay advertising money or memberships or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's it's. I think it, it's. I can't. I can't imagine where this is the only sauna podcast. Well, if there's another one, I'd like to cross pollinate. Yeah. Because I, the rising sauna tide lifts all boats. Absolutely. I got a uh, email just the other day from a guy out in uh, Seattle area who's super keen on building a mobile sauna. Mm -hmm. And uh, this this thing, like great ideas, don't just happen in one guy's sauna or garage or backyard. You know, great movements and ideas happen simultaneously, all over, you know, from all different areas. Right? Yep. And so the cool thing about, uh, you know, call it the interweb and all that jazz is in summer times is that, you know, previous to this, somebody out in Seattle would do their gig and build a sauna and they got the guy in Minnesota would never hear about it. Or maybe, yeah. God forbid, there'd be some article in the paper and maybe somebody by word of mouth would say, hey, there's a guy in Seattle with a mobile sauna, you know? Yeah. But today, shit, you can find these guys yeah. right away. And so you build a tribe and a community and it becomes contagious. It becomes super positive. Yeah. And especially when it's something so good, you know? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you think about it. It's it's uh, it's a unique thing that, you know, when I first met you or whatever, uh, how long ago? 10, 15 years ago. And we were you were talking about a mobile sauna, mobile sauna. I mean, you were the only nut job I knew that was even talking about it, let alone eventually did it. And now between us, we probably know like up to ten people that have mobile saunas. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it reminds me of the Clash. I uh -huh. remember I was into the Clash, and everybody was listening to Frampton Comes Alive, and you know that that genre, the Eagles and stuff, and this, this fucking band from from England. And it's like yeah. a sound you never heard before. It was I don't know, maybe it was seventy eight, seventy nine. And I was like the only game in town listening to The Clash. Yeah. And then I ran into John Barnett. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we start talking about the jam and the English beat and talking heads. And, you know, and then and then the next thing you know, we're, we're at a bar. I'm in the senior year and I'm hearing Rock the Casbah. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm not trying to be like a snob about the gig. But, you know, like like when, you, when you're into something like like so deeply and it's like it's your own. Yeah. Right? Right? And then, and then it becomes like... Like bigger, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, or music, or for my case, music sauna. You know, it's maybe somebody into fat tire bikes. He's like, right. oh, that was the first guy to have a fat tire bike. No, I, I mean, you know, you want to see other people with a fat tire bike well, because that's, it's a good it's thing. A, it's a remarkable thing. I mean, you know, like you were saying before, that you didn't necessarily know that other people were doing this, or they, you know, people have similar interests or uh, aesthetics uh, far away from each other. Um, Coincidentally, you know, I guess it, the best examples of that is, you know, a little bit before the clash, but like, you know, you have the Ramones doing the same thing the Sex Pistols were kind of doing overseas, mm -hmm. and they didn't really know that. There you and, go. and back here, you had the Suicide Commandos, and they mm -hmm. started hearing about these bands in other places. Yeah. Doing as what they were doing, and, and they developed completely independent from each other, and didn't yeah. know the others existed. Yeah, they weren't on any Facebook group that play, you know, for people that play in loud bands. Four chord yeah. Facebook group. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can always lament the way it used to be to no end. I don't know that it's always an advantage to think that way all the time, but mm -hmm. that the, that's never going to happen again. You know, right, right. Um, which makes that speaking about music makes Searching for Sugar Man such a remarkable film. Exactly. Story. I mean, yeah. 
the story. And that would never happen again. It will never happen yeah. again because but of the yeah, connectivity. Sugar Man, um, yeah. just the, you know, I feel like I, I, uh, my age group, which, which isn't too much younger than yours, our generation has really a really awesome benefit of having experienced it both ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. You know, like my parents, they don't understand. They they get the internet too. They they know what the internet is, but they don't care. I mean, they're not digging around for stuff. They've <laughs> been doing they, They've done what they've done for so long. They're not looking for yeah. new ways to do something or yeah. hear something different. You know, like mm-hmm. so they're the, they're a little less apt to get turned on to other things mm-hmm. because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas your kids they're not. They they don't really have any appreciation for maybe the way uh, we used to discover things. Can I speak to that real quick? Yeah, you're the one so, with kids. Yes, I, and I was traveling with my oldest, yeah, you know, twenty year old. We were down in Tulum, and uh, we took one of those city like a bus, like an inner town bus. Yeah, drops us off right in this Tulum, and we it was foreign. I mean, Tulum, the city of Tulum, is an authentic. Mexican town. So we get out and we're trying to find this hotel, right? Yeah. And 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 Grant had a screenshot of, of the address of the hotel on his cell phone. Okay? Yeah. And so I didn't have it written down, which is normally what I would have done. Right? Yeah. So this is the moment. So we <coughs> get off the bus. We're standing there downtown Tulum, and we've got our bags. And uh, I look over and under a tree I see five cab drivers. Yeah. Just hanging out. I go, Grant, give me that phone. You know, I was just going to leg it right over to these guys, show them the address, say, where do yeah, I go? Bang, right? yeah. And Grant, Grant's already on his phone, uh-huh. right? And he looks he looks at me, and I go, Grant, just give me the phone. Give me phone. And he's trying to type or whatever. And then he, he stops, and he, he looks away from the phone and looks at me. And he says, I'm Googling the address. If you shut up for 20 seconds... I'll tell you which way to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? That's the story of what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, and there's a real benefit to that. Like, yeah, you could say, well, they never got to experience the feeling of getting lost in the city and then, yeah. you know, sweating it out on some street and asking, looking for a friendly person yeah. and then maybe making a friend with this guy yeah. and meeting their future wife by talking to a strange woman on the other side, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that argument, mm-hmm. um, but awesome. just think of all the time you save not having to fuck around for yeah. too long. Right know? on, right on. Um, and I, I, so so yeah. we've had, we we were able to get lost and meet the random women and <laughs> the random people, um, but can also go directly to the music we want to hear anytime, yeah. and that's I think that's fucking great. I mean I I've been digging through records for fuck my whole life. Imagine um, if you could take a stopwatch, and for every time you started digging for a record, you hit start, and then when you found it, you hit stop. How many hours do you think that would add up to be? Well, I think what I ultimately how I got really into music was working in record stores, and uh, digging through the records was part of the thrill was finding those weird. Usually, it was the cover that made you want to hear it, or the label, or the year it was made, or the way that. The band looked, and you could maybe tell what their music was like, because you couldn't go on your go on your phone and hear it right away to know if it was something you wanted. It was a very visual experience. The visuals that. were everything, you know. Yeah. But that, that, how about how about? And it wasn't too long ago. How about walking into a record store or stumbling into people cruising the aisles just like you in the art of that two finger flip? Yeah. Because you took a big stack of, el- you know, there's a big stack of albums on the shelf there. Yeah. Flip, 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 yeah. flip, 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 flip,
So yeah, I mean, Grant's never ever gonna have to do that. Yeah. If 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 he hears the cute girl in school talking about the new Rihanna and he wants to get hip with her by hearing it, he can do that right away. R H Y. Uh, yeah, he, it might take him two <laughs> seconds to figure it out. Yeah. And um, and, and whereas you know, we would have had to find it at the record store, try to figure out which one it was by asking the guy, well, you know, she really likes this rap singer. Yeah, yeah. Well, which rap singer? Well, you know, it's a girl. And there's like, okay, which girl? This girl's got a hot one. You know, I worked behind the counter and, you know, you would always have these conversations and mm -hmm. that, I've heard it on other podcasts, uh, to be honest, um, music business podcast. They, they, they were the, we were the first, uh, recommendation generators, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you, you 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 can take it. You can go both ways on how you feel about it. You can really lament it and feel sad about it. I kind of, I'm probably, I'm kind of in between. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I know it's hard. The music business kind of sucks, and it's hard, and it's, but um, it 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 gives more people opportunity to hear more stuff, which is all you want at the beat. All you're trying to do in the first place, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, I, I think it, I think we really benefit. I benefited by digging through records for hours and hours and hours. It's been my part of my pastime. It's my hobby. It's my. It's what I do. It, it's who I am. Mm. Uh, and I'm always buying and selling stuff. And you get to know stuff from other people who do the same thing. And you know, the Twin Cities is insane with the amount of record stores for the amount of people that live here, which isn't as much nearly as most cities. Uh, I don't know where we're ranked, but I mean, there's way there's there's like a record store for every hundred people in this town. Right? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That is pretty good, yeah. and, and no argument there. You yeah, know? I mean, you you could start to get in these general generalizations of what makes Minneapolis so cool, and it is. I mean, come on, it, there's it's. Hey, we all live here. We're preaching the same choir, but it's one of the top couple handful for music stuff for well music i think is representation of a bigger a bigger a slice of a bigger pie yeah i agree yeah i mean i don't know so i mean how do you i mean we've we've had this dream forever about having a sauna down at first avenue that all the bands can use yes. and and visitors or maybe you know maybe you you, you want to rent out first avenue for the night and have a sauna with all your friends yeah right. um because mm -hmm. you know you're you got a new record about to drop and um, what what do you think the benefit to more people, especially creative people, and that play in bands? What do you think the benefit for sauna might be for those those folks? Well, a couple things come to mind on that. <clears throat> the first one is when you think about bands on the road. Um, there's such an unfair. I, I I call it like this: when a band's on the road, for 22 hours, they live a very miserable time i mean it's like they're truck drivers they basically yeah. move in they're staying in foreign places hurry up and wait hurry up and wait you know schlebbing gear sometimes yeah it's a very uh humbling like time for 22 of the 24 hours the other two they're literally fucking rock stars they're on stage and everybody's cheering at them yeah and then when they wake up in the morning and go to the denny's on the outside of town nobody knows who the fuck they are and they're nobody's again yeah so to that framework and their bank account has only moved like you know maybe yeah 50 bucks <laughs> that's a humbling thing about too yeah and so my my take is that if you can bring like a comfortable element to bands on the road cost effective yeah it's right? got a good vibe 
you know, I, I don't know why if a venue didn't have like a really nice chill out vibe. And I'm thinking you got to bring the outdoors into it. Like, yeah. you know, you have an authentic sauna. It's going for the band. It's going for the crew. Yeah. Some VIPs, whatever. And, uh, and the band can chill out like that and then between rounds go outside maybe there's a little fire pit going yeah and, you know you know and maybe it encouraged bands to come here more often so if the venue offered that it would encourage them to come into town sooner mm -hmm. maybe that would help advance production a little yeah better sooner yeah. but it would also give the band the experience of being in the city and anytime a band enjoys a city, they're yeah. going to want to come back and play that band. Yes, right. So and, and it, also, it's a matter of logistics, and I can uh, oh, totally liability. Well, all the, yeah. no, I was going at it from the band, the, the musician standpoint. The band, you know, what it, what I mean about logistics is uh, is they want to have a home base, and generally the home base is right near the stage, right? You talk yeah. about the green room, yeah, and then the bus outside, right? The bus they sleep in, yeah. the green room they right. so, hang so, out in. Yes, so for that time they take an ownership to the venue yeah the, the venue is their is their bed mm -hmm. is their living room is their stage for that period of time yeah so if you can transition when they leave stage I mean do, do most green rooms have showers and stuff yeah I think probably they do if not there might be somewhere else in the venue yeah I mean yeah. I, I think so, that's... so it's a humbling thing like the minute they leave after an encore and they're all sweaty kind of stinky yeah you know they leave and then then they're schlebs again yeah. Oh, there's a shower right over there, you know. Yeah. So it's like, oh, your sauna's ready, sir. Yeah. Sauna's uh, always uh, going to uh, be uh, ready. Moby, uh, Moby, your sauna's ready. It's one. Well, can you imagine after the exhaustion of playing a show, being able to take a sauna? Yeah. I mean, I it, it's the equivalent of you and I. We come home from work yeah. and we just want to chill out, have a beer, and yes. hang out in the sauna. Yes. If that's what the band got to do after, right? Maybe even pull in a couple birds. And uh, yeah, some VIPs, uh, VIPs. No, but I mean, you know, they're friends. <laughs> well, they could do an interview too. You know, it's like you know, someone wants an interview. Well, for a radio maybe station. that that would be a good uh, way for you to set up shop in there with uh, the podcast, and then interview every band that came to town. Well, yeah. I mean, to that note, um, uh, uh, Brad, you know, the sound engineer does a lot of gigs at First Avenue. My neighbor here. Yeah, we're Brad, all friends. First House. Avenue. Yeah, this is another example about how. Great ideas occur simultaneously, independent of each other. Yeah. Uh, Brad Woodhouse, same idea. Yeah. And uh, one of my big fans in, in, in music, and in, in, uh, I got a lot of shit, I, the list is long, but where I'm going with this is Dave Simone from Trampled by Turtles. Yeah, you had a conversation with him. Yeah, yeah. grew up in Duluth, as a matter of fact, he, he gave the rights to uh, the song that is the intro and the outro of my podcast. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, Midnight, uh, uh, Midnight on the Interstate. Nice. Just a beautiful song, and, it, and it, to me it oozes sauna. Yeah. It oozes the simplicity of the production. It's Hey, again, you talk about context. He's a guy from Duluth driving down to Minneapolis in the song, you know? I'm yeah. Like, he's a 218er, you know? And yeah. Anyway, he loves sauna. And, and to your point, we chatted about, at their festival, having a sauna backstage for yeah. the bands and stuff. Yeah. So we are advancing, Danny, to this wonderful concept. We've had this idea for a long time. Some great ideas. I'm going to be the house DJ. Yeah. We were going to have uh, Dosh and Harmar Superstar play. That's right. A little set inside the sauna. And... Um, I think it's a great thing. So hopefully we planted some seeds here. Yes, agreed. And this is the thing we talk about with Sama Talk, right? Yeah. Sama Talk can be out there thinking. Yeah. And so many of our out there thinkings developed uh, this thing that you just framed up about a sauna at a venue, uh, bringing in the bands, musicians on the road. Sure, it, when you wake up the next day, if you even remember the conversation, 
It's whacked out conversation. But as seeds have been planted regardless, whether you remember them or not. And that's why I think Sama Talk is, we need more Sama Talk. Yes. We need more out there, thank you. Well, thanks for having me today. I need to do another cold rinse here. Okay, cold rinse to be had. And uh, once again, thank you to Danny Sigelman for uh, coming to, uh, over to the Minneapolis Sound of Time Sauna uh, to join us for podcast, Sound of Talk. Uh, Danny, any parting words? What's that? Any parting words for the listeners? Uh, no, you know, just check me out. on. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot, paper underscore sleeves. And uh, Danny Sigelman, that's S-I-G-E-L-M-A-N, and uh, follow my stuff, a lot of music-related things and other um, pop culture references and whatnot. Thanks again, Danny. Yeah.